This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. And we are back. I am Eric. He is Eldar. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network, brought to you this week by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and Spotty Hot Cash on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. What's up, Eldar? Twice in a row. That's impressive. Yeah. That I was like a, that. A little edit there that you guys yeah. are not going to hear, obviously, because we deleted it. Oh, but, my God. Uh, we I had you? to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, didn't flub it twice. Eric Norton. Man, what is going on? How was uh, Toronto? It was great, man. It was cold. I uh, loved it. It snowed, but it is colder here right now it's the wind chill it's the wind chill it's Absolutely. it's getting me uh you are we are both in jackets we have uh also uh, you're not going to hear him because we don't have a third mic right now but uh, we have a uh intern in the house learning about kind of observing observing yeah. uh, podcasting audio broadcasting that kind of stuff uh you just you're not going to want to take any of this with you this is I'm all gonna, <laughs> i'm gonna surprise you with something okay here, Eric, go ahead really quick so what was your formative when did you decide hey i want to be a podcaster how did this happen? Um, I always wanted to be broadcasting. Okay. I, I wanted to do that. And then the opportunity uh, arose here at Beckett when it was Beckett Radio, not not the Fat Packs with Derek. Okay. So um, Yeah, I see him roaming the halls a little bit. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't do anything though anymore, right? Not with the pot. I mean some he'll hop on sometimes, but he's okay. he's so busy with Yeah, radio he is. He's a that, yeah. sales or yeah, he's something. a sales director, okay, yeah. So um it it, I, it was I guess 2014 then, 2013, yeah. 14. I was like, I wanted, I want to do that. I saw the opportunity to do it, and I was like, oh, I'll, I want to do this full time. And then, you know, three shows later, here we are. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. No, wait, well, wait. You said three shows later. Yeah. So what? What came before Pat, Fat Packs? Well, Beckett Radio. Okay, Beckett Radio, and then now Fat Packs. Uh huh. Which is which was. Oh, and then you do props, and then we do props. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Okay, I might do another one. What? I don't know. I want to. Why not? I mean, if you think you have the bandwidth for it, then you should, you should go for it, man. I lo- it's a it's a labor of love, man. It's it really podcasting. It is isn't the the name podcasting. It's still it's trapped in its own because it's right iPods. Speaking of which, oh no, I want to oh, give a shout that? out to a to a new little new show out there. Um, I'm loving I'm loving all the new like sports collectibles podcast that are out there. Uh-huh. But there's one there's one that came out just this week. Uh, it's the Monsters Pod Monster Podcast. Yeah, they only have two episodes out, mm-hmm. but this is a this is an area of podcasting and, and collecting that I think needed to happen. They're they're focusing on pre war vintage cards. Okay, that's it specifically baseball. Yes, well, just pre war. Oh, okay. so wow. uh, so when I say pre war, I'm, I'm before before World War One. Extremely vintage. Th- their second episode, and I'm I'm a little bit je- jealous of this. Okay, uh, it's out right now. Uh, they have an interview with Sarah Duke, who is the cur- curator of the Library of Congress, and she handles the baseball cards that's part a, of it. That's a good pool. That's really good for for having that for having their second. It's episode. tough to get. It's tough to get good interviewees within those first ten episodes right. because you don't have a lot of clout, podcasting clout. Exactly. But good for them. Exactly. So what are they called? What's the uh, name? It, it's the Monster Podcast. The Monster Podcast. Yeah. All right, and go check them out. It's really good. Uh, the first episode is just kind of a little mini so introduction. It's eight and a half minutes. It's, not, it's nothing big. And then okay. that second episode is about 30 minutes. Either way, it's, it's, if you love vintage collecting and pre-war specifically, 
It's the show for you, man. That you got to check it out. That's a nice niche subject. I like yeah, that. You actually got to ch- check it out. Uh, I uh, I have I have one too, just really quick. Okay. Uh, Marvel Mythos. It's just a group of guys. Um, they just talk about the, the some vintage comic books. Okay. Um, I really like their I really like their show. Marvel Mythos. Go check them. I'm not going to harp Mythos. on them too much because we have our own podcast to talk yeah. about. But yeah, what, you want to go ahead and get into Let's the get new uh, products and pricing. New products and pricing. All right, you go first. Shoot, I pulled it up. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. Kind of a kind of a nice week. 1819 Panini Certified Basketball. Boom. Out. Panini Flawless Collegiate Basketball. That's about $1,700 a pack. What? Yeah. $1,700 a pack? It comes in a briefcase. So the Elon Musk guide. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's right, nice man. stuff, though. Nice, though. I'm excited about this product a lot because back when Panini had the NHL license mm-hmm. or a part of the NHL license, they used to do a product called Prime, and it was just the most disgusting patches that you'd ever seen in your life like oh. they, they would be popping out of the card that's kind of cool okay so now they have the rice the racing license they have panini prime racing coming out for the first time this is a brand new product line awesome uh so think about think about all the patches that you see on fire suits on Tons. For, yeah so take that and put it into a sports card and there you go that's a nice little amalgam of uh of collectible of collecting yes. right there i like it uh, i yes. like it uh tw- 2018 sport kings volume one that's out uh you can. I've seen that people picking those up at uh, Hobby Blasters at Walmart, and Target, and stuff like that. Sure. A 2018 Super Break, the Bar Momentos uh, Mom, Momentos Edition. Okay. Looks like Brad Pitt right there. Brad Pitt's on the cover of it. Brad so. Pitt's on the cover. Yeah. I guess if you ain't doing movies. Yeah. 2018 tops WWE then and now forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, TriStar Quest Live autograph memorabilia. These are full-size helmets, jerseys, and things like gotcha, that. Gotcha, Yeah, we talked about that a few episodes ago. Yep. So Very cool. There you go. What, um, go, I'm, go ahead and tell me what you got coming out. I'm going to look up new pricing because I did not look that up before. Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. Um, as usual, it's a great week uh, to be a geek. Uh, we have Flash to be 59. That's my catchphrase, and I'm sticking to All it. All right. I believe you, man. Flash 59 <laughs> is out. Um, it's the Flash's next destination on a new training mission. Um he basically just hunting Gorilla Grodd. Um, the Joshua Williamson is the writer on that, and Rafa Sandoval is the artist. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man number nine is out. Uh, it looks like it's a Black Cat story with Nick Spencer as the writer. Okay. Wonder Woman number fifty-eight is out at three ninety-nine with Carrie Nord as the artist on that one. Definitely check that one out. That one's really cool. Um, they're basically rebooting Wonder Woman again, but it's. It's done well, I think. Okay. Uh, Detective Comics 992. This is one I need to go pick up after work, but uh, James Robinson is the writer on that one. And, of course, we are continuing with Avengers number 10 with Adam Kubert as the artist. Fantastic artist. I love his work. Very, very, very good inks. And Jason Aaron as the writer on that. As far as uh, one more thing, we also have some... um, Pokemon trading card game. Okay. Uh, Towering Splash GX box coming out for $20. You're going to see that all over Walmart, all over your targets, um, January 4th, 2019. So, again, with a little bit of preliminary, you're going to get foil promo cards um, in each of the four packs included. And that's what I got for this week. What you got? Awesome. So just the one new product price that I've given an update on is Topps 5-Star Baseball. And I think I maybe missed this one week, mm-hmm. last week with seventeen eighteen noir basketball. So both of those are, are are priced. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So let's set up the show. 
Um, got so much good stuff for us. Yeah, we do. I got That's a, awesome. I, I got a lot of content from uh, from Toronto that we need to pl- to get in here. So this is actually going to be more or less the uh, Toronto Fall Expo Day Three Edition. Sure. Okay, so you've already got the first two. Here we have uh, Mike from Lower Level. That he he's been in business for you know he's well he's had a shop for about ten years now but nice. he's been around the the hobby for about twenty five or thirty years awesome and this uh, this is his time this is the first time he's ever set up at the Toronto Expo which is by far the biggest yeah. show in Canada yeah so I, I spoke to him for just a few minutes it was probably five or six minutes and okay we got I got his feelings about uh, setting up and why it took so long and uh, you know things he learned and what he's going to take back from to Winnipeg because he's from Winnipeg oh cool so he's taking that that stuff back um. Really fun interview with Jeff Naiman from uh, he's he's doing a little marketing work with uh, with Frameworth. They do these mystery boxes uh, where you can open up a, a, a box that's a little bit bigger than maybe your computer, uh-huh. but it's got a jersey, a photo, oh, and a cool. hockey puck. In it's it, like right? a like a loop, loop, like a loot crate. Yeah, it's okay. exactly I what like it is. that. It's a mystery box, but, but the important thing here is is really I thought this was better actually. Yeah, um, better. What's up, Kevin? Um, well, not you, not you. Oh. Uh, my co-host on props, Kevin Hagelin that, from yeah. the fan. Uh, he has a segment that they do every night called Better, uh-huh. where he he they discuss the birthdays of the day. He's gonna get a little bit of kick out of it when he listens to this. Yeah, and I he like tells it. you if he if he's better than them or not. So, gotcha. uh, anyways, Jeff Naiman, who uh, I saw this, I, I heard about this one. He he worked for he he did the marketing promotion behind. All, all the hockey cards on the back of craft dinners or craft macaroni and cheese. Okay. So think about your like your post cereals or, or cool whatever. Thing to put on a resume. Yeah. So <laughs> he made he helped develop and produce four hundred and forty million hockey cards on the back of craft macaroni and cheese. Nice. AKA craft dinner. So he tells that story about how he got into it and uh, and you know how how it evolved. It's kind of it kind of yeah, sucks. I want to hear that. I it kind of sucks that. a little bit. I'll just give you a little bit of, of a spoiler. They initially signed a flat a flat deal a flat fee deal uh-huh. for two years, and they they kept renewing that they f- kept renewing that flat fee for eighteen years. Oh, and it probably wasn't yeah Jack <laughs> yeah got it. So um, that that's an inter- interesting part of the story. Okay, and then I'm of, checking that one out myself. Of course, we're gonna sit down with my buddy Ken Reed, who is uh, just an absolute. Hell of a guy. He's got a new book out called Hockey Ho- Ho- Hockey Card Stories Two that we share a lot from, and we we just talk we just talk collecting and uh, he's I think a, that was a real fun one for you, wasn't it's, it? It's I love talking to Ken. Yeah, Ken is so good. He's a he's a guy to know. He's a guy to know, right? He's he's a good guy to have on your side. So we have Ken and so Mike, Ken, and Jeff all coming up on this show, and then I have a couple more segments that we can air next week. An interview with Andre Dawson. Okay. Which was great. Yeah. And then an interview with everybody's favorite new tag team in the world, uh, Chris Harris, Stellgum on Twitter. And, awesome. Um, and your guy, David Wright, Long Fly Ball. So many good interviews yeah. coming up on the show. I love it, man. So, which helps next week because we're going in you know, holiday season. That's true. Uh, we've got That's a little true. Holidays are and, coming. Yeah. I'm starting to hear the Christmas music on the radio. Yeah. Can't avoid it, man. Can't avoid it. All right. So that's, the, that's this week's show. And then on the end of that, we're going to come back. And uh, do a little bit of Beckett whatevs. If we do not talk about Stanley here, we are probably the dumbest podcast in the world. So That's true. we're we're gonna have to mention Stanley. I want to give you ample time to 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 lay that out. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, hang tight. We'll be right back with Mike. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris from Slipknot. You're listening to Fat Pack. 
All right, guys, coming up next here on the Fat Packs podcast is my new friend Mike from the Lower Level Sports Cards. Uh, you're from Winnipeg, you said, Mike, right? Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah. So you've never said, I saw before the show on Instagram, no, it wasn't Instagram. It was uh, LinkedIn. I saw you were going to set up for the first time. So I was wondering uh, why. I mean, you've never been here before, so why now? Well, I've always I've always done sports car shows in Winnipeg. I've promoted them and uh, done them since 1988. Uh, always heard about Toronto. Thought I should come. It was made possible. My family supported me. They wanted me to come too and see, sell some cards and make connections. So why not do it now? I could do it. Awesome. So you've been watching the show for like over 30 years and obviously, correct? Yeah, like everything in the hobby. I've been, I, I've heard the National Toronto Sports Card Expo, everything. And now it's trying to, I'm at a point where I can do some of these things. And I love the hobby. So it's fun to go to these things and meet the collectors, meet the dealers, meet Eric, you, Eric. You know, it's really cool. It's fun. That's awesome, man. So I want to ask you, it's your first time, obviously, then. What are your thoughts about it? Because we've talked to plenty of dealers who have been here for 30 years. As a first timer, how do you how do you feel about the show? Uh, it's intense. Uh, it's I, I love dealing with cards and talking with customers. And this is like yesterday. It was uh, the whole day. We're just talking to people. There's these uh, free Becca cards you give to the the kids and that they were coming constantly asking for them. Um, it's it's just been intense. It's it's the most intense card show. But I love that kind of intensity in cards. The deals too. Like uh, man, it, it's just. If you like sports card collecting, uh, this has to be on your list of things to do sometime in your life. Like save up, do something to get here. Even if you don't have lots of money to spend, just to be around the people and the hobby. If you love the hobby, you got to come to something like this in your lifetime. So obviously, you know, the big one is the national down in the States. But this this show is hands down the biggest show in Canada. Right. And it's absolutely my favorite time of the year. It's twice a year. And it, both both shows are absolutely great. When you come here, it's all about people, like you were saying, meeting people and, and making building relationships and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure there's dealers here that you know, but there's also all kinds of dealers that you've never seen. Have you picked up on anything that they're doing that maybe you'll take back to Winnipeg with you? You know what? I haven't been able to process that. I know I'm going to do things differently the next time I come. Well, not, not, not that much different, but just there's so much to process. Um, I haven't really had a chance to go around to even all the tables. I've been so busy just at my booth. Um, but yes, there are things that when I if, when I set up again, I will do things differently. Try to make it even more interactive, especially with the kids that do come. Uh, they, they're into it, but I, I haven't really set up for them really to, to enjoy the hobby as much as I, I could do. Not like back in Winnipeg at my store. So the goal would be to make this far more interactive, especially with the kids next time. So you've mentioned your store a couple times. How long have you been open? Uh, I have a brick and mortar store since uh, oh, since 2012, so six years. But I've been uh, selling my devils since 1981 when I started in the hobby. Um, so yeah, it's uh, uh, it's been a great experience. Awesome. I, I, never... I can tell that you love this just by speaking with you. But I have to ask a question. Uh, you're here surrounded by all these hockey cards, and everything's beautiful. You're wearing a Steelers shirt, though, man. Are you a Steelers fan? Is that what's happening? You know what? My brother's a Steelers fan. I just love good football. I'm closest to, to Minneapolis, Minnesota, so the Vikings are the team that I most follow. Last year, the Minneapolis Miracle was absolutely amazing. I thought it was over, but no. Sorry, sorry, Saints fans. I love Drew Brees, too, but I just love good football. 
Today I got a, if you anyone that wants to give me a free t-shirt of your NFL team, I'll wear it. I have no problem with that. Any team. Uh, uh, well, the Patriots, give me a, a hoodie. I'd rather be like Bill Belichick with that one. I'm a t-shirt. I'm a t-shirt guy myself. So uh, anybody who gives me free t-shirts, I'll definitely wear them. All right, man. I'm gonna wrap this up because the doors are about to open, and I don't want you to miss anything. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, but before we go, let my listeners know your social media so they can follow you and maybe get in on some of your deals. On on Facebook, I'm uh, at Lower Level Sports Cards and Collectibles. Twitter, the handle is Lower Level. Instagram, it's Winnipeg underscore. It's too long. Winnipeg underscore sports underscore cards underscore store. Sorry for the long one. Uh, just put lower level sports cards in the search engine. You should find me. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Guys, hang tight, and I'll be right back. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. And we are back. This is Eric, and I'm coming at you live day three from the 2018 fall Sports Card and Memorabilia Expo just outside of Toronto. It is a Sunday. The signers are here. People are lining up for autographs. It's a great lineup. It's uh, uh, the 66-67 Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, champions are here. And uh, Red Kelly is probably highlight- is the highlight of that as my microphone moved. And uh, it's just a, it's a great thing to see all these uh, Maple Leafs fans line up getting autographs. But uh, this is the last day of the show. We're going to close it out big. Uh, got some nice interviews set up for you, but... First and foremost is Mr. Jeff Naiman of Frameworth. How are you doing, Jeff? Excellent. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing real well. I'm, I'm so glad you uh, you came over and spoke to me yesterday, and I'm able to get you on today. Um, we'll get, we're will get we going to talk about Frameworth and, and, and all the things that you're doing with them, but you, you told me a great story correct. about working with Kraft. That's correct. And you you made, you made did you did all the hockey cards on the back of the Kraft boxes. That is correct. Tell me, all right, so... I guess for my American listening audience, they yes. might not know what that is, Correct. but it was a huge thing here in Canada. Yes, it was. So can you kind of just explain your, your role in that and, and what it was? Yes. Well, as, as you know, it's our, first of all, hockey in Canada is our number one sport. Right. And Kraft was looking for different ways to get involved in the hockey business. Sure. Over the years, they've had numerous athletes endorse their product. Mm-hmm. And then they came to my advertising agency. It's called Burris Naiman and Associates All right. with ex-baseball player Ray Burris, who oh. played for the Chicago Cubs. And they brought us in and other companies bid for the business. And one of my creative artists and directors came to me and said, you know what, Jeff, why don't we present something different? And his nickname was Super Dave. And I said, okay, Super Dave, what do you have in mind? <laughs> and he said, why don't we do hockey cards on the back of the craft dinner box? Okay. And I have to tell you, Eric, I was speechless. Okay. So we walked up to craft and we did some prototypes. Mm-hmm. And there must have been about five or six or seven different brand managers because they have such a hierarchy there. Sure. And we laid it out on the table and I saw from the look in their eyes that we had hit a grand slam. Awesome. They loved it. They couldn't believe it. And they realized, besides obtaining the rights from the NHL and the NHLPA, they were already printing these boxes. Mm-hmm. So the incremental cost to them was next, except to, for the, was next to nothing. Right. right. So me, in those days, a young man, very aggressive businessman, thought I had the deal of the century. And I went into craft wearing my negotiating hat. And, uh, <laughs> Is it like the one you're wearing today? It's like the one I'm wearing today. I think it's the same one, Eric. Awesome. Yeah, and um, we're sitting around the table, and the gentleman from craft said to me, okay, Mr. Naiman, and what are you looking for? And mm-hmm. what is your company looking for? 
And I said to him, and by the way, his name was Bill Hickey, like the hockey player, but oh, he wasn't okay. the hockey player. All right. And I said, well, Mr. Hickey, I think what we should do is we should look for a multi-year deal. I said, so that way we're protecting ourselves with the league mm -hmm. and with the Players Association. And I said, I'll tell you what, just to show good faith on both sides, why don't we come up with a flat fee mm. for the promotion? We'll provide everything for you. And if it rolls over, you're, you're winning and I'm winning. Well, Eric, I got to tell you, that was probably, I obviously didn't go to the Harvard Business School. <laughs> Maybe you should have had a different hat. <laughs> Maybe I should have had a different hat. Because what ended up happening was Kraft ended up running the promotion for 18 years. Wow. We did 440 million units. <laughs> I literally needed a warehouse of over 50 people, a 40,000 square foot warehouse just to house all the cards so that we could send it out to all these little towns, wow. all these little cities, because that's how successful it was. That, you know, one of the questions we get up here often yeah. is, hey, do you have the craft sets in the Correct. magazine or, or in the book? And I'm... To be, to be completely honest with you, the first yeah. time I heard it, I was, I was kind of dumbfounded. I'm like, what are, what are you talking about, craft sets? Yes. And then it's just all coming together full circle now. Correct. $440 million, is what you said? Exactly. And I, I, I can't to, wrap my mind around that. That's Well, like I said, it was a warehouse. Yeah. It was a warehouse just full of cards. And as I said, we were always excited every year when your Beckett guide would come out because we'd always be included sure. as to what the value was. Right. And people caught on very quickly, so people were buying cases of craft dinner cards because <laughs> the actual player was showing on the back, right? Exactly. And, and guys were buying 10 Wayne Gretzky's, 20 Wayne Gretzky's, whatever it took. Wow. So it was phenomenal. It was great. The cards still have tremendous value. Yeah. We ended up making a deal with Upper Deck mm. that in the middle years, we even included the Upper Deck logo on the, on the actual craft cards because that's how popular and successful they were. That's very cool. Now, Knowing that you that you helped create that, and move, how how do you feel about that? You you have a legacy in the card industry and in the hobby that that you know, a lot not a lot of people can say that they have. Knowing that, how do you feel about it? Well, I have to tell you, I have a son who's twenty three. Okay, uh, I like to tell you he's into hockey. He's probably more into basketball. Okay, and my daughter's eighteen. But sometimes when we're just sitting around the house. I take out the sets because I kept a couple for myself. Of course. And they're amazed. They, <laughs> you know, they say, wow, Daddy, you did that? Like, that's incredible. And we had so many variations. Right. We had a charcoal set. We had a set every year where when the teams went to play overseas, mm -hmm. like when Dallas Stars played in Moscow, mm -hmm. Bob Ganey, who was a GM at the time, old friend of mine, allowed me to take pictures of when the team was there. So we have a lot of really, really exciting, like you said, sure. memories right. about it. And most of the people who were involved in the project, to this day, excuse the pun, it's their calling card. Right. That's awesome. That is so cool. Now, as we move forward, yes. you've done some other things. You're working with Frameworth now. You Correct. Guys, you guys are pushing some uh, mystery boxes. I love the mystery boxes. Correct. Uh, these are different. Yes. You're, uh, i got to tell you one thing. You're like a professional hauler. You're like a like a carnival guy out there trying to push a, push a game or something like that. You're very good. I've watched you all weekend. Well, but thank you. What, tell us what's in these boxes. So we have three different variations. Okay. Okay, because we want to try and make sure every customer has an opportunity. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure we give them value. Sure. Because today, everybody's a good shopper. Right. Everyone reads the fine print, and they want to get value. So one price is $300, where they're guaranteed... Guaranteed to get a jersey from X amount of players okay. or one of our top liners. All right. They get an 8x10 
autographed, and they get an autographed puck. Okay. Our second box is $400, but it guarantees the purchaser one out of three items signed by John Tavares. Oh, okay. So either a jersey, a puck, or an 8x10, plus the other two items will contain from our other list. All right. And then the $500 box is from our premier guys, because we work with Gretzky, we mm-hmm. work with Gordie Howe, we work with Sidney Crosby, mm-hmm. we work with Matthews. That box is a little higher profile. Mm-hmm. You're about to get one of the higher profile signed jerseys, plus an 8x10, plus a, a side puck. And the not, people love it, bad. right? It's, it's amazing, to your point, how people like the excitement. Like sure. you said, it's like a game, right? right? They're buying a lottery. And when they win that big jersey, they can turn it around, almost sell it right away. Yeah. They go from here and just go right over here on the floor and, you got and, and push it off somewhere. Watch right. one second, guys. There you go. <laughs> Somebody you. signing at the PSA booth. Correct. So, uh, how long have you been working with Framework? I, I'm more a hired gun. I work with them on special promotions okay. and corporate clients. Okay. Uh, as I told you, I have a sports and right. marketing business called Burris Naiman. Right. And our claim to fame again is working with all the different players in all the different areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, been at it a long time. Also, did in Canada a lot of the licensing for Universal Studios. Oh, sweet. So, who are some fun. of the uh, who are some of the guys that you've worked with on your side of the on your side of the? Board? Well, I, I started my hockey career mm-hmm. with a guy from Boston, mm-hmm. but with the Montreal Canadiens called Chris Nyler. Okay, he was my first client, <laughs> and the craziest story there is when I met him the first time, he had that thick accent from Boston, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes hard to understand. Yes. You know, very aggressive kind of guy. Right. I guess Knuckles, you know, reads it that way. <laughs> and um, when we met, he said, well, what are you doing here? I said, well, I have a promotion for you. He says, oh, I'm so tired of all you guys. He literally took me and hung me up in the dress room on the coat rack. <laughs> and then I said to him, but Mr. Nyland, I have a check in my pocket for you if you just look at it. And he looked at it. We became best friends. Oh. I got very lucky in 85 86, they won that Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. What people fail to realize is there were seven, eight Americans on that team. Mm-hmm. Guys like Chris Chelios, right. Craig Ludwig, Steve Rooney, Dave Maley. So I started to broaden my horizons in that world. Then they got lucky again in 92, 93. And during that time, because my association also with my baseball partner, the Blue Jays got hot. Ah, yes, yes. Right? World Series, yes. So another claim to fame, another icon that we did was the day the, the Blue Jays won the World Series, mm-hmm. we put good old Joe on 20 million post-cereal boxes. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Now, are you a collector yourself, or did you collect cards or anything when you were growing up? As a matter of fact, Eric, I'll show them to you in a second. I have a set here today. Nice. Uh, from the 50s. Awesome. One of the first Parker sets, and I was walking around here today to just get an appreciation and make the major decision, uh-huh. sell or leave it to my son. And right now I'm leaving it to my son. That's probably a good decision yes. on his part for, it, for him. Yes. That's awesome. Man, I, I want to thank you for your time. I'll let you get back over here and, and start hollering thank again. Thank you very much. But a real hey, pleasure. Your story is a great one. Thank you so much for thank sharing. You. Have a wonderful day. All right, you guys hang tight. Hi, guys. My name is Mike Rubin. I own Colorado's Best Card Shop, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. All right, moving right along here, uh, day three of the podcast. Love how uh, my, my good friend, Mr. Longflyball, is making fun of me for my blurb there. Sorry about that, David. But uh, this is the highlight of every expo for me, getting to sit down and, and uh, shoot the S with uh, 
with uh, Mr. Ken Reed. That, that's a tribute to your brother yes. yesterday. Yes, hi, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I think he was who, saying a few things. Who cursed four times on my show. Well, you know what? He's a Canadian standout comedian. He just played a family-friendly corporate gig, so I yeah. guess he had to get a few of them out. You know? That's okay. I we edited them all. Yeah, I edited them all. And I even edited myself there when I said, shoot the S. Oh, so, okay. So I'm good there, right? Well, we'll, shoot, we'll shoot the breeze then. We'll How shoot about the breeze. We do that? First of all, love the hat. Thanks, buddy. I have one like that, like that myself, but it's solid black. Yeah? I love it. I get made fun of when I wear it. This would be the Paperboy hat, right, from yeah. the 30s? Yeah. I don't know why I wore it today. Sometimes I, I when I come to the card shows, I don't wear a... A specific team hat because then people come up and they'll say, "Why do you like those guys?" And I and I'll often say, "I don't." But if yeah. I do, I you know he's a, he's a Leafs fan. I don't have a Leafs hat, but he's a Habs fan. Well, <laughs> not really. But I wear my Expo stuff a lot. Yesterday, I bought and I don't know if you do you follow Super Seventy Sports on Twitter. Of course I do. Yes, they'll tweet out from time to time an Expo's cowboy hat. Yeah. I saw one and I bought it. Yeah, I took a picture with your brother with it. The, yeah, for yeah. sixty amazing Canadian dollars. Dude, that's like. What forty five? Like Seventeen bucks for you, yeah, it's awesome. and it fit. Yeah, my brother did. My brother wear it for yeah, the podcast. He sure did, and we took oh, a picture, man. and it was great. That's awesome. Now, you know what's funny is uh, my brother and I were huge into the hobby. Now I've come back into it full on in the last ten years, and sure. he has dabbled with it because he came to the national right. with us. We mm-hmm. had a great chat. And he got into it again yesterday when he came here. He's he's getting sucked back in because it's fun. He was lit up like a small child just on Christmas Day. Yeah. And he was getting that gift that he always wanted. It was fun to watch him. Yeah. And uh, and like watch him relive memories of Delano DeShield and mm-hmm. uh, Bop. Yeah. Just just the way things went for him yesterday. I was so happy to have him on. And he and we we broke down the list, the beard list that we were going to break down with you. So I'm not going to make you do that because I'm going to talk about this fabulous book, Hockey sure. Card Stories Two. Thank you. And, all right, so Hockey Card Stories 1 is, mm-hmm. is, is great, but this one is an awesome follow-up. It's, I want to call it like a series of short stories, basically, is what it's it exactly is. exactly what it is. Yeah, so um, before we get started all heavy into it, do you have a favorite story in this book? Yeah, my favorite story in Hockey Card Stories 2. Well, i got a couple favorites. So I would say my favorite stories are the Eric Lindros one, okay. the Cam Russell one, okay. and the Wayne Gretzky one, and the Jamie Matthews one. And so for those people that don't know, Hockey Card Stories 2, I call 59 guys up whose cards I had as a kid, and they tell me about that card, and I intertwine my own memories of that card, mm-hmm. and they kind of set the record straight on a few things. Because when you're a kid, there's things you don't notice. You don't notice why Randy Cunningworth's Winnipeg Jets jersey is drawn in crayon. <laughs> but when you look at that card and you're 35, 36 years old, you go... Randy Cunningworth's card is drawn in crayon. What right. does Randy Cunningworth think of that? Exactly. So you call Randy Cunningworth up, and he, he tells you about it. So that's the essence of hockey card stories, too. But uh, getting to talk to Wayne Gretzky was a thrill. Of course. That card was my holy grail as a kid. The story is a pretty special story in my family about how my brother and I got the card. And uh, <laughs> so that, that meant a lot to him. I know you're looking at Bob McGill right yeah. now. High school <laughs> kind of prom photo yeah, for his man. upper deck card in 91, 92. Yeah, that's... And I love... <laughs> I love how he says, you didn't need to leave a detailed message. I hate that card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know Bob, nicknamed Big Daddy here in Toronto. Nice. So I call him up. I go, Bob, oh, I want to talk about your 9192 Upper Deck for a book. And he called me right back within seconds. And exactly. Yeah. I hate that card, he said. <laughs> a word my brother used on the podcast. Oh, and uh, Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, it was a San Jose Sharks card mm-hmm. from their first year before they hit the ice. And somebody threw a Sharks jersey on him. He said, I pose for a ton of different pictures, you know, looking at the camera head on. Photographer convinces him to turn the shoulder and the mullet around and give him the old high school pose, and of course, that's the one they go with. You know what? Um, 
pitcher could quality control back in the 90s probably wasn't Ooh. the greatest. <laughs> so I opened a pack of series, box of series one yesterday. The photography is incredible. Of course, yes. Back in the day, it was not. No. Oftentimes on an OPG, what the photo they got that one night you played in Washington or St. Louis, that's what you ended up with. Yeah. But in a way, that the, the photos were not controlled back then, it kind of reflects the game, doesn't it? Because yeah. everything's more business now, more right. corporate now. Right. Back then it wasn't, and I think that's reflected in the hockey cards. A name that came up a lot yesterday on the podcast was uh, Elias Pettersson from, from mm-hmm. Vancouver. And uh, the conversation was he's great, but he's smaller, and he's not, yeah. he's not as big. And that when going back to, you know, things are more corporate now, mm-hmm. and it's just the way the, the new NHL is. You know, mm-hmm. t- 10, 15 years ago, Pedersen wouldn't last it in the Ten, league. 10, 15 <laughs> years ago, Pedersen wasn't big enough. And yeah. earlier this year when Pedersen got thrown to the ice by Mike Matheson, yeah. that was called not big, being big enough to play in the NHL. Exactly. And now that's called, oh, my goodness, what an awful hit. So the game has changed. So now yeah. Pedersen can compete. Um, and you're not supposed to hit guys like that anymore. But it happens from time to time. But, yeah, he's not a big guy. But the thing is, when I was 18 years old, I was like a buck fifty. Sure. He's maybe a buck sixty, buck seventy. He's got a tall frame, mm-hmm. puts twenty pounds onto that. But you know what? I talk to players now, and they'll, they'll say I had to lose weight over the summer. Which twenty? Yeah, you're shaking your head. Twenty five years ago, you had to gain weight. Right. Now they want guys smaller because it's so fast. Right. It's like. Remember uh, Sega Hockey? They had the bigger guys, the medium guys, and the small guys. Of course, yeah. Small Nintendo guys, was Nintendo, right? Nintendo. Yeah. The small guys could fly, but if the big guys hit them, the small guys would bleed all over the place. Right. Every guy in the NHL now, regardless of their size, skates like the small guys on that video game. Absolutely. Water bucks, man. It's it, awesome. It absolutely is like that. And going back to the cards, it's more corporate now, so uh, Pat- Patterson looks like this perfect NHL sure. player. And yeah. in the 90s, you, you didn't see that. Even the 80s, de- 80s and definitely in the 70s, well, you didn't see Well, there's a great that. card in here. Just Go ahead. To, to show you how the times have changed, and I'll look it up. There's no. This is a rookie card of Troy Millette, and there is no way that a team would give this card the go-ahead back in the day. Mm. So I'm just going to look it up for you. I don't know what page it's on because, believe it or not, I only read my book when it was in the production stages. I don't sit down and read it cover to cover now because, you know, gotta, you know I've read it before. But can you imagine somebody goes up to, let's say, Elias Pettersson for his Young Guns card. They say, okay, do this, and we're going to put it on a hockey card. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. This no. is a... This is a uh, a shirtless triplet uh, sitting in his locker. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't happen. But yeah. you know He's what? Got the lower body gear on. Yeah, that looks a lot like like pro pro line football in the nineties uh, with shirtless Absolutely. athletes and yeah. Bo Jackson, yeah. remember with, with, with the, the score, baseball eighty nine or seven ninety score. So so Troy is a firefighter now. Oh, is he? And I asked him, did they ever ask you to do this shirtless pose on the firefighter count? <laughs> he said, no. Let's the younger guys take over, but. It's so 90s. I love it. It's, yeah. just, it's just a great card, and he's got a fantastic story behind it. But, yeah, time's changed. The game has changed. I mean, that Cam Russell card, you don't see that anymore. Not at all. I, you know what? I've got a soft spot for this Cam Russell card right now because oh, your Cam, broken nose. <laughs> Cam's nose is packed, and it's broken on this card, and now my nose is broken. I should take a picture of myself beside the Cam Russell card with my broken nose. So. You should do that. There you go. You hold it up just like that. So it's funny how the game's changed. Yeah, the game has changed a lot. Uh, your airbrush chapter yeah. is probably my favorite chapter in yeah. the book. There's lots of great stories. We're talking about uh, the, uh, uh, well, gosh, now I forget his name. Randy Cunningworth? Yeah, Randy Cunningworth. Yes. And then the uh, the, the guy, I've now I really forget his name, the the North Star who had the... Uh, Ken Solheim. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know much about him. Did you, not, Because no. you were out on the other side of the country. Correct. But uh, he pointed out that his he's wearing Vancouver socks. 
Oh, that was Harold Snaps. Hill, yeah, okay. He's, yeah. Wearing, he's wearing Vancouver socks, and uh, the rest of the, the rest of the card is airbrushed. Right, he's the airbrush of a Minnesota. So Harold Snaps, for me as a kid, was this iconic, mythical, almost mythical figure. Because okay. I grew up on the East Coast. He mm-hmm. played for Vancouver. We didn't get Vancouver games. Like at ever. all? Maybe no. one or two a year. Okay. And they made the finals in 82, so then everybody found out about Harold Snaps. So he was Mr. Canuck to me. So I opened a pack of 84, 85, and Mr. Canuck has a painted-on Minnesota North Stars mm-hmm. jersey, and my heart is broken. How did Harold Snaps get <laughs> traded? This makes no sense. That card always stuck with me. And every time I'd look at it as I got older, I'm like, yeah, this card makes no sense. So I had to call Harold Snaps and say, look, tell me about the trade. Mm-hmm. You know, bring me back there, because the child, that made no sense to me. And this card, you know, kind of broke my heart. And he goes, look at the socks. Yeah. I go, they're Vancouver socks. So he was wearing Vancouver socks, and... I mean, this, this, I'm just flipping through it, and this, this card of Mark Napier, mm-hmm. he's wearing an XL7. That was like the helmet of the future mm-hmm. in Canada. It was advertised as the helmet of the future. It would be like the, the first, I don't know, aluminum bat in baseball. It was going to change everything. So just different things as a kid that triggered me just kind of stick with you. It's funny what sticks with you as a kid, and it was a, a thrill to call up 59 guys and get them to kind of set a 10-year-old's memory straight. Sure and maybe color in some blanks that mm-hmm. as a kid you'd never kind of have because as a kid, you know, like, you just kind of make it up as you go. Right. Were you surprised when you are talking to these guys, like, how much they remember about Unreal. these cards? Unreal. Well, I've always heard that Wayne Gretzky was a hockey genius, mm-hmm. which I truly believe. And then you're talking about his rookie card, and I'm just sitting there just going, wow, because he's telling you little intricate details. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of guys, yeah, they... A lot of guys would start off by saying, oh, yeah, I remember that card. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, they'd know every detail. Sure. Like, they, it just triggers their memory. And, and as you know, back in the day when you played in the 80s, you only got an Opeachy. And right. it was a special thing. It was a stamp of approval. So those cards are easy to remember. Like Tom Fergus pointed out in the book, Tom started his career as a Bruin. I did a story on him with his trade to uh, Toronto. So his card says now with Maple Leafs. It's a funny backstory. He wanted to get traded because he wanted a higher salary. So he didn't get a raise, but when he got traded to Canada, he mm-hmm. made 30% more because of the exchange. <laughs> so he got, his, he got his request. But he said, oh, yeah, those first few OPG cards, that was just amazing to me. It solidified mm-hmm. the journey I took. He's played junior D, and he made, that's like getting cut from your, your varsity basketball team in mm. three years in a row. Made the NHL. But he said, you know, when, when the boom started and there was cards everywhere, those cards didn't mean as much, but those initial ones still mean a lot to most of the guys. I, yeah, they have to. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, one, one card that we haven't brought up yet is the, the Gretzky family card. And yeah. I was reading through that, and how, is it, is it Keith Gretzky? Keith and like, Brent, Brent. I interviewed yeah. Brent for the book, yeah. Like how close he, he was to the NHL oh. and seeing that card and the memories it brought back for yeah. him. Can you share a story about that? Yeah, so so Brent Gretzky was uh, he was the only other Gretzky to make the National Hockey League. He mm-hmm. played, I think, 30, 40 games for Tampa Bay. The Leafs had him on a tryout in 95, but they cut him. Mm. So uh, Keith Gretzky was kind of thought of as the next one. It didn't happen. He got drafted by Buffalo, by all accounts quite a player. Mm-hmm. But but Brent made it. So Brent got drafted by Tampa Bay. And, you know, when he got drafted, he, his thought was, okay, the next thing's a hockey card. And sure. So Upper Deck gets him to fly down to San Diego. So he and Wayne and Keith pose on a card. And for Brent, that was a real special moment because he's a, a lot younger than Wayne. Sure. So when Brent was a kid, Wayne was this far-off mythical figure that was the best player in the world, and he was my brother too. Right. 
And so that was special for him to share that card. And then we got into talking. For me, I have this vivid childhood memory of Brent Gretzky in a home video called Hockey My Way, which was, I, th I think, mailed to every Canadian kid <laughs> at some point in the 1980s. You still have a copy of it? I do have a copy <laughs> of it. And it, YouTube the opening. It's the best montage ever. So Brent told me all about that, and I, I got to know Brent by playing in a couple charity hockey events with him. He's an OPP officer here in uh, Ontario Provincial Police. Great guy. And he just tells me all about this card, and, you know, we get going, we get going. Then he starts thinking, man, i got to go into my dad's basement and start searching for Wayne Gretzky rookies, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of money, see if they're in there. So right. it's, it's amazing the stories that come out of just looking at a hockey card. Pictures are truly worth more than a 1,000 words. I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and the resurgence in the hobby in the last five years has been amazing. Do you notice it coming to shows? Uh, yeah, and... What I think what's really going to kick it for me, because I'm a hockey analyst, you know, back in Dallas, so yeah. what's going to make it for me is when this show starts to creep into, like, the national or, you know, some of the local shows, like, the amount of hockey that's here. Right. Is, I don't think that's ever going to be that way in the States. Right. This is the opposite of the national. Exactly. <laughs> All hockey. Exactly. But, like, so the national four is typically 70, 75% baseball. Yeah. But, like, if hockey can get, like, 8, 9, 10% of the floor... It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good thing. Yeah, you know. The other thing I'm interested in with the hobby is breaking into the Asia market. Oh yeah. It's really interesting because um, a couple teams went over to China earlier this year for an exhibition series. Uh, the Flames are one of them, I believe. The Flames and the Bruins, and the numbers are you know only this small percentage tune in, but that small percentage is millions of people. Exactly. So. Uh, uh, in basketball, it interests me. Basketball is really popular yes. in China, uh, Japan. So that, I think, could increase the, the, the price of basketball cards. And you look at Otani. You know, you yeah. know, I remember that card we had at right. the National. Exactly. So it's interesting. There's, there's room for growth. But I also like just the fact that, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is what I've seen in the last few years since I came back. Guys my age who were teenagers during the boom mm -hmm. have a few extra bucks now. They're married. Exactly. They've kind of come back to it. Yeah, so that's, well, two, two things to that, your point, the Asian market. I mean, the fact that PSA opened a, yes. a, a submission somewhere, that. that's, that's, that's huge. huge. That's huge. And then to your point there about guys who are age and you know, now they're collecting again or buying stuff again, um, it's, it's a story that we hear often on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, when we ask them, you know, why did they get out of it, 90% of the time it's because of a girl. Yeah. And yeah. now all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, I have disposable income. I can, I can do what I want. You so, just described me to a T. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's me. So with that being said, are you picking up stuff that, that you missed as a kid or are you, are you buying Absolutely. new stuff? Absolutely. So I was at the when I was at the national, I came across a nickel box. And oh I yeah. Really spent all my time in it. I got twenty Eric Lindros score rookies for a nickel apiece. Now Did when I was really? a kid, that was the, the thing, like fifteen, twenty bucks each. Yeah. I don't need them, but the fact that I could get twenty of them, I just thought was hilarious. So Absolutely. I did it for like a buck. And but yeah, but 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 then I'd go like now I can I got a I got a Bobby Orr rookie. It's low grade, but yeah. I got one because as a kid that was just. I'd never get a Bobby Orr rookie. And right. the cards from the 70s I never saw. So I get those, too. Sure. So it's, yeah, it's it's nice to, and and the, the other thing is, is people say it's expensive. It can be, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You know, you can get 70s Gila Fleurs for next to nothing. If they're banged up or dinged, then you don't care. Now, if you want to go driving a car, it's like, kind of like cars, right? Yeah. You can buy a Lamborghini or you can buy a... A, a Hyundai. An un, yeah, a Hyundai. <laughs> Person Hyundai, I was, yeah, they're pretty good cars, but yeah, it's it's exactly what it's like. Oh I god, they're not your sponsor. Oh, they're sponsor. <laughs> no, I, I got in an Uber a couple weeks ago. 
and I'm, I'm like, I ordered an Uber X. This thing is pimped. Sure. I said, what is this? The guy goes, this is a Hyundai. It's a Mercedes knockoff Hyundai version. You should see this thing. Wow. Go, Why would anybody buy a Mercedes? Wow. It was an amazing car. Shout out Hyundai. Hyundai. <laughs> and if Mercedes has a car for me, <laughs> shout out Mercedes. I love, shout out Blair. I love when, uh, so, I love when you're on, you're, you're a professional, you do this for a living, right? Yeah. Uh, I have another show called Props that we, we break down. What we do is a movie. Re- it's a straight movie review. Oh, cool! And then we talk about the memorabilia available from said movie. Fantastic! Okay, so we've done three seasons. We've done um, well. We're finishing up football tomorrow with with uh, the final movie is uh, Brian's song. You oh, Brian? you broke my heart just I've, by bringing it up. I've never seen it, so I'm excited oh, to watch it. Oh, get ready, get some tissue up. That's what I'm told. But yeah. but the first season was baseball, and the second season was hockey. Oh, you did slap shot. Oh, well, of course we did. Did you do shot. Youngblood? Did not do Youngblood. Okay. Got some Youngblood trivia for you. Okay. I'm begging you right now to do Youngblood. Okay. The interior scenes were filmed at the arena I was at this morning where my child plays minor hockey uh-huh. at Head Reeve Arena in East End, Toronto. I'm going to I'm, I'm drop some knowledge on you right here. Okay. Steve Thomas and Peter Zezel were two extras on the Hamilton Mustangs. Okay. S- Peter Zezel passed away a few years ago. Steve Thomas. He was I here got, Friday, right? Yeah, he was. I got to know him over the last couple of years because we do ch- Easter Seals charity events together. Mm-hmm. So I'm on Steve's team a couple of weeks ago, and I always bug Stumpy about being in Youngblood. I always ask him questions. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce him at our events. As he co-stars alongside Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe. <laughs> so I, I go, you want this puck? I went to throw a puck in his bag. He goes, hey, you want me to sign it for you? As a joke, I go, as long as you put Hamilton Mustangs on it. He signed it, Steve Thomas, Hamilton Young, Hamilton Mustangs, and he put his name in the movie that was Jordy. He goes, I've never done that before. That's amazing. He's never been asked to put a Youngblood inscription on something. So he, we, he and I were just laughing our butts off. But, yeah, and there's not a lot of memorabilia from Youngblood. No. But my brother Peter, him and his buddy Boomer, mm-hmm. who's a massive sports movie fan, okay. went on this pilgrimage to Ted Reeves Arena. They rollerbladed down in the summer. The guy gave him the total tour of the arena, showed them where everything was filmed. And I got another one for you. My buddy Boomer, who would be awesome on your podcast, was in Goon 2. See, that's where we're going to go. Have you seen that scene? Uh, Yeah. You've seen the movie? (laughs) Yeah. The scene where Doug Glatt and the other guy are trying to get in the penalty box to fight the guy and they end up on top of each other? Mm -hmm. My buddy Boomer is the guy in the penalty box that says, I'm not even in the mood to fight anymore. (laughs) And he would be awesome on that podcast. He'd tell you all kinds of great stories. We've got to get him on. I know I'm on rambling here, but... Well, what I was going to get to is that the guy that does that episode, those shows with me, yeah. he's a professional radio guy. Oh, okay. So you guys, what You're I was getting at was... professional now. You, you guys are always about the plug-ola, always getting oh, those yeah. plugs in. Yeah, we're like the old payola guys yeah. back in the day. So my buddy's, uh, my buddy Boomer, he, he always, he didn't dream of playing the NHL. He uh-huh. dreamed of being in a hockey movie. Okay, and so he did it. So he got into Goon, and now he's a, uh, he has a role on Letterkenny, which is a really popular series in Canada about a small-town hockey team. Nice. He plays a guy named Boomtown. He essentially plays himself. So really? It's pretty awesome, yeah. That's pretty I'm going to tell him about your podcast. He will love it. Please. He will love it. We, now we got to get him on. Yeah, you do got to get He would love to do it. Okay. He's a sports movie freak, and he's been in one. Will he be, in, will he be here in May? Can we do uh, in May? Oh, he'd come out to this. Yeah, I've asked him to come out to here be, this before. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tag him on this and tell him we were talking about him. Okay. Because he's like all us TV folks. He just loves to hear about himself. <laughs> 
That's great, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wrap you up and get you out of here because it's been 20 minutes. And I, I want to respect It's always a time. blast seeing you. And I'm so glad you guys come up here and, and, yeah. and put us on the map as far as the hobby goes. It's, it's, I love, this is my favorite trip every year. Is Ex- it? Especially this show. Yeah, where the, where the, like going yeah. into hockey season. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the spring show is awesome. Yeah. I love this show because it's cold. Yeah. And Series 1 is coming out. Yeah. And there's, there's always just like this new lively buzz in the air about there the hockey is. season, especially yeah. when the mate, when the Leafs are, are doing well. And oh, man, they're good. Yeah. Man. So it, this is my favorite show to come to every year. Well, we love having you here, buddy. Thank you. It's a fact. One day, one day, maybe you'll let me come on Sportsnet with you. Maybe. Hey, I <laughs> sent you the picture of Ivanka and I, I in your in your shirts. That was awesome. Shirts. That was that awesome. Was wicked, man. I got to get you a new one. Yeah, but we, we, have an, we have a whole new design. We already autographed this month's the, the Beckett edition here for uh, for me. So. We, I, I, I felt cheesy doing that, but I, I was oh, happy to, to trade an autograph with and you. And seriously, cool. a huge thank you to Beckett for doing a nice story on my book in the, the last oh, issue with Eric Carlson yeah. on the cover. That was, was awesome. Yeah. Seriously, as a hockey card geek. Who used to go to Moose River Sports Corner? Is the new Beckett out? Is the new Beckett out? Yeah. Is the new Beckett out? To see my book on the cover, I was that was a thrill. That it was, was a real it, was, it was the top right. It yes, was, yep. right on top yeah. of the cover. So Al Muir, shout thank you, Al, for doing this. I was story. supposed to be here, but he got the flu. He got the flu. Yeah, oh, this wouldn't be good, good good to come up to the flu here. Yeah, yeah not not good at all. No, no. All right, no. man. Thanks thanks for hanging out with me today. Right. I really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Eric. All, all right, buddy. Last, buddy. This is Lisa from Never Enough Cards and Evolution Sports Marketing. I'm here with the Fatback Guys, and this is Beckett Radio. All right, guys. Uh, there you go. Three back-to-back interviews there. Uh, Ken, ending with Ken Reed. I love Ken. Uh, Jeff's great story. And then Mike. Really excited for Mike, man. He's uh, Mike from lower level. He's, he's setting up for the first time. And I think he had a good show. I was happy to go down there. To, I, you know what? I talked to him about it on Friday. Uh-huh. And I was like, because I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to come down and interview. And he's like, okay, no problem. Okay. So I gave him the whole weekend, though. I waited till Sunday morning to go down and interview, good, so he good. could have a a full scale prospect of the show, you know, or I'm sorry, perspective of the show. And uh, I think he did good. I think he, I, I hope to see him back. I think so. I want to go to so. I want to go to Winnipeg. I've never been to Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I've always wanted to just go to Canada myself. Love it up there. I um, growing up in a household where mom is always just like, you got to go to Canada, you got to go to Canada. Right. I just I have to. But uh, what do you? What's the What's the next show coming up for you? Uh, do you know yet, or is it too early to I, tell? I don't know. There is a comic book show coming up. There's There's one this weekend actually. What? Yeah. Um. Oh, there is. Um. The Dallas comic book show. Yeah, they're gonna have like, and I only know this because of Dragon Ball, but they're gonna have some Dragon Ball voice actors there. Okay. I found a flyer of it at the Alamo Draft House, and I made a note of it. Mm. But obviously, I didn't talk to you about it. So. Here we are. So, and then there's one in February. They're like the first weekend in February. Let's go to that one. And there's an actually there's one in December. Oh. There's a show in San Antonio. I don't know if you want to drive to San Antonio. Yeah, I'll drive to San Antonio. But uh, there's a show there as well. Uh, possibilities. The, yeah. the one in February is definitely yeah. a go. We'll talk about it. Um, so good. Uh, but yeah, you so. asked me. You asked me uh, about uh, Toronto. I was telling you off air. It's always the same show. But uh, there's a favorite restaurant of mine up there. Yeah. Called uh, Jack Astor's. There used to be one here in. I Dallas. saw your picture of it, and you was that the, was that the restaurant where you were like finally? Yeah, finally. Nice. Okay, the, delicious. They have the chicken pad thai, man, or chicken and shrimp pad thai. That's my, that's my joint. But I always I always started off double carbs with some uh, with some poutine. How did you feel after that? Poutine. Yeah, I love poutine. Oh, it's, nice. it's so great. So I have poutine first, and then I have uh, that chicken pad thai. I, I went. I felt great. I went right to bed. I'm oh just, yeah, that's amazing. Was, I actually over the weekend kind of did like a restaurant tour. Okay. Over here, I don't know how it happened, but um, I went to some really cool places, man. Um, there's this place in downtown Dallas called Lucky's Diner, okay. and it's just kind of out in the. It, it, it's kind of like. 
basically a 1950s diner recreated and brought back from time. So definitely go check out Lucky's Diner. Okay. Um, I went to Whisk Crepes in Dallas as well. Crepes. Dude, I had the best crepe of my life. You like cre- Hey, you like crepes? Okay. I mean, they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Quote from the intern. So, Um, hold on. Before you start with the crepes. uh, When I worked at Safeco Field, they had a crepery. Like, that was one of the... It was one of the restaurants you could go to and get crepes at the baseball stadium. And You're were, a lucky man. They were amazing. So tell me about your crepes. Um, basically, I just loaded up with um, – oh, God, this is going to make me sound so terrible. I loaded up with um, buttercream. Okay. Chocolate. Yeah. Double chocolate. You got diabetes right now. I, have, I feel the <laughs> diabetes. I feel the diabetes. Dude, it was amazing. And they give – and it's like a everyone that works there is France. Okay. France. And they give you this, like, cup of water with some, like, an, like, a, like a coffee – Oh my god! I just felt so rich. I just felt so rich. And the last place I went to, you probably maybe have been here. It's kind of like popular in the DFW. But I checked out Hop Daddy Burger Bar. Oh, I love Hop Daddy's. There's oh. one around the corner from here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's the one I went to. Oh, you went to I, just the first time after hearing so much about Hop Daddy yeah. from people. I was just like, let me go check that out. It's and really good. Wow, really good burgers. So they have. You know what I love there? They have uh, those uh, the Mexican Coca Cola. Ooh, in the in the bottle. You got to ask for it. It's, uh, not, it's not out there, but I'm gonna, uh, check that. I'm gonna try. Yeah, they're so good. But like, you, there's like it's like it's like three dollars a bottle, so you just get the one. So you got to savor it, oh, but it's really good. I like that, man. I like that. And um, I'm actually thinking about trying this. Um, it's the Balkan Cafe and Grill in Never Austin. Heard. Okay. It is a Bosnian eatery. A Bosnian eatery. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to your home, your your roots there, huh? Wow. Tell me to leave the country. Okay. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. But yeah. Um, what you been watching, man? Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty much caught up on all my Netflix stuff. Uh, finish- Do you like House of Cards? I haven't watched it. Season season six is like I, I started watching. I'm about halfway through it. Yeah, it's really different. It's it, it's less political, and yeah. since obviously it's just Claire, sure, because of what happened, right? It's actually pretty good. Why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, okay. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. That's not my place. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I finished up. I finished up Castlevania. No way. Yeah. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, I liked it. It was pretty good. That's um, awesome. It, Dracula. It was my first anime show ever. Like. I would never. I just never. never so I, I gotta ask, man. How did you get wind of that? Um, I played the video game when I was a kid. Okay, and I, I saw am. it, and uh, my son was like, "Hey, can we watch this?" And I was like, "All right, let's let's take a look." He might and be a little. Then, too... And then so like first episode in, I'm like, "Yeah, you cannot. You, you cannot watch, watch this. this, dude. Whoa!" Uh, but I can, and oh, yeah. I'll let you know how it finishes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we finished. I finished that up. It was pretty good. But season I, one or season two? Both. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. both. Yeah, so uh, season one's only four episodes. Yeah, and, and then season, season eight. Two, it's, yeah, it's, season I, I got through season eight, like, season the two. night. Uh, I got through season two in one night. Yeah. I so. was so into it. What did, what did you like about it? Um, It was, like, political with the generals and then the... Yeah. I'm a vampire guy, though. Like... Yeah. Yeah, through and through. It was so. cool seeing, like, the... Uh, just, like, the dichotomy between Dracula and his generals yeah. and stuff. That was really cool. Exactly. So, uh, finish that up. Cool. And uh, I've been watching Variant Comics on YouTube with my son. Yeah, check that out. Uh, he uh, Trying to get him on the show, actually. He's a, uh, he's, the he's from the Dallas Fort Worth awesome. area, so I'm trying to get him on. Uh, so one of the cleanest looking YouTube pages I've ever. Yeah, seen. it's really clean. It's really beautiful. Good. Uh, he's been he's he's great. He's got what a, the subscriber count is just in the millions. So a million seven, a million crazy. Seven. Yeah, crazy so high. he's a uh, he's a really he really knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Collecting wise, it'd be great for this show for mm-hmm. a show just in general because he can help you out a lot. Uh, so I'm trying to get him on the show. Yeah, I'd love to connect with him, but uh, see what happens there. He it's a it's a good breakdown. My son, they're 
they're short, you know, between five and twelve minutes usually. Yeah, I saw it, it was just basically um, just rundowns on comic book characters, exactly and settings. And yeah, it looks. Yeah, really so uh, my son being eight, he loves that stuff, I, and I, I'm I'm a little bit of a geek there when it comes to that. So I'll, I'll it's watch good it. Channel. It's a good uh, channel. We we fight though about the uh, what? he he's a DC guy. I'm a I'm a Marvel guy. So oh really? Yeah, that's a, that's a. That's I love them both equally, but man, I could not grow up in a household like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's he loves Batman and the Justice League and all that stuff, and I'm like, look, Batman is just Tony Stark, and and but and, you can also inversely say that Tony Stark is just Batman. Yeah, be quiet, Eldar. It's so difficult <laughs> out there. But uh, you know, speaking of comics, then we we need we need to get to this. We need to mention this. Uh, yeah, Stanley passed away, and you know, here at Beckett, it's hard to do what we do and post something about someone who's passed because the, the immediate reaction is, oh, you're just trying to make a quick buck off of that. It is a little tricky navigating that sometimes. Okay, but here's the, here's the God's honest truth. We are in no way affiliated with Stan Lee whatsoever. No. But the man is a freaking living – well, not well, he was a living legend. He's an yeah. icon in death. He is an, an absolute part of Americana – uh, and he has to be spoken about. I know you had some thoughts about him. So what do, what do you got, bud? So I just I just wanted to commemorate Stanley Martin Lieber. Um, that was his full name. Yesterday on the uh, well, I'm sorry, two days ago on the 12th of November, Stanley passed away at the age of 95. He was, by all accounts, I would say, comics media pioneer. Yeah. Um, he brought us characters from some of my personal favorite comic books and some of yours as well. I know you you know you just mentioned you're a Marvel guy, so. I mean, the man created Iron Man. Um, he created the X Men, Hulk, Thor, and the Amazing Spider Man. What I mean, that is such a pedigree. So from yeah. his from his like beloved cameos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to from what I hear, I've never met him, but from his to his warm presence, you know, at mm-hmm. trade shows, right. comic shows, and and everybody that met him just said he was the most not only generous with like autographs and talking and interviews and stuff like that. But, you know, he was a good man in the industry, mm-hmm. and above all, he was a beloved creative. So that is to say, you know, he will be missed by not only, you know, the cast of Fat Packs yeah. and our listeners, right. but by CBCS and readers of comic books worldwide. He, so yeah. it's just, it's, I mean, it's one of those that is is a tragedy, but he will just be remembered so fondly. You know, it, it, it's tragic because it, I think it's more tragic for us as fans yeah, because we lost him. At right. the same time, he's he was ninety five. It, it's not like it is one of those yeah. like that's a, that you know it's he, he lived a full life. You cannot yeah, exactly you, like, like when you look back at it and look at the things that he created and who he was as a person. You can't help it's but be mystified one and then two yeah, just like you got to be happy for him. And he's home. He's on he's whatever he's on whatever plane he went to right exactly. And he's at home and his wife who passed away less than a year, a year ago. He's he's with her. And that's that's a beautiful thing. It's it's more sad for us, the fans who, right. who love him. And uh, we're gonna. I bet if, he, uh, if Disney and Marvel are smart, they're gonna find a way to work him into everything that they can from now until eternity. Because the cool thing is, his cameo before he passed away was recorded for Avengers Four. So the final uh, Avengers, he's in it. Nice. So that's really good to hear. Very nice. Around the office, it was impossible not to hear about it immediately. Oh, yeah, especially on your side of the building, yeah. Yeah, uh, especially at the CBCS side of things. Yeah. And you could feel it, too. You could feel the remembrance. And, yeah. And I'll miss him. I will. Yeah, it's it's going to suck. Um, you know, there's plenty of new guys out there, plenty of new artists out there 
who have taken their mantle and take their, taken Absolutely. the lead from, from Stan. So. Absolutely. And it's just, it, it's, it must be nice to be remembered industry-wide. Yeah. And not only industry-wide. Right. Worldwide. Worldwide. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you did you ever see him at a show or anything like that? Never no. got a chance to meet him. Yeah, that's, you just said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no. I just, uh, <laughs> um, I wish. Yeah. I wish, man. I, I don't know. I think I probably would have uh, choked a little bit if I had to, like, interview him. Sure. Even meet him. I'd probably be like, <gasps> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lee. It would have been it would have been difficult, man. So we have a friend of the show who is an, who is an artist, uh, and... A couple of years ago, Stan Lee was here at Dallas Fan Days, or no, I'm sorry, I think he was, Expo. Yeah. He was here at Expo, and what he did. His name is Jason Crosby. He's a great artist. Uh, you guys have heard him here, right here on these airwaves before. He he did a couple of uh, three by fives. He did a couple of sketch cards for nice. one for himself and one for our non-sport analyst Matt, Matt Bible. Okay, and Matt took them and he has them signed. So they have a really very unique piece. Both of them have uh, one. One was for Matt. One was for himself. Sure, have a unique piece of uh, a Stanley memorabilia that no one else is ever going to have. That's going to be rare. Yeah. So uh, Matt's is really funny. His is uh, the strip the strip club scene where he's the DJ and Deadpool too. Uh, and yeah, Deadpool, or Deadpool. One of those. Deadpool. That's yeah. what Matt's is. His he is his, oh, nice. His is uh, his is uh, I like it. DJ. DJ uh, DJ Stanley, Stan yeah. yeah, he has some. He's had some funny cameos, and he you sure never has. know where they're, when they're going to pop up. Right, like in the last Avengers, he was a watcher. Yeah, in space, and I'm right. like, okay, so he can appear anywhere. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so um, you know, just in conclusion, just a rest in peace, Mr. Stanley. Right, we'll, uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you on the other side. Exactly. All right, I think that we're going to end uh, this week's show on that. I, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I want to mention one more thing. Sure. What you got? Um, no, I don't want to bring the show way, way down. Way, okay. Hey, but, you but, know, talk about what you need my, to talk about. Man. So, uh, this Friday, mm-hmm. the 16th, my daughter would have been three years old. So, um, I just want to tell her I love her. And, uh, every year we do this thing where we, where I tell you to, to, uh, hug, hug somebody and tell them you love them. So yes. p- please yes. do that. Wear purple. Use hashtag Olivia was here. And that would be really great. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. And we're going to end on that note now that I'm crying. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll do that. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for hanging out this week. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.